You're now tuned into another episode of the Go For Broke podcast. As always, I'm Victor Roman, and I'm here with my homie Jonathan Liang. What up, man? Yo, what's up, Vic? How you doing? Chilling, dude. You know, another day. Another day of, uh, of being indoors. I haven't been out in four days, so... <laughs> oh, wow. Not- That's longer than me. I actually went out the other day. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I went out a few days ago to check on my plants, which was uh, kind of a weird thing to do right now, but um, it's a living thing, so I, I felt like I had to. Yeah, it's like that plant responsibility. <laughs> it was actually strangely fine, too, so I think life has almost stopped at, at my my apartment. It just feels, when I got back there, it just felt like everything was frozen in time. That's so weird. Was it like dust everywhere? <laughs> yeah there's definitely dust and like just it f- just felt like no one's been there in forever like i actually forgot like where things are and, and stuff like that um but yeah I w- it was a really short trip um and just being outside was really eerie to me yeah yeah like every time i step out um it's just been like a different experience like like the other day I walked, but I went to maybe like five days ago. I went to get some booze, and every store had a line on it. Like every single store had a line going out the door, so that was like pretty weird in itself. Um, yeah, I feel like right now that the obviously the um, rules are a little bit more strict, and. When I, I luckily was in a car, so I did I didn't really make any pit stops besides my apartment. But right. I, I was noticing things that we spoke on prior episodes of our podcast of like you know like gloves on the ground, and yeah, one particular moment that I had was like I was driving um, down Flatbush in Brooklyn, and I was stopped at like right next to the Barclays Center. There's a, a red light there that I it all I always miss it. I don't know why. I just always right. do. And I was stopping there, and then there was a police guard, um, like a traffic cop, in the middle of the street, uh, directing traffic still. And there was one blue like latex glove that was the wind was pulling just slowly enough, like oh inch, inch by inch closer. And I just kept thinking about what you were saying about like wow, people are just inconsiderate and just throwing their gloves everywhere yeah Um, it's definitely gotten worse yeah and i was just freaked out because it was inching so close to the the cop that i I was worried for uh their safety yeah well uh if you're tuning in now we are the go for broke podcast um officially now on social distortion radio um if you tuned in earlier that was an awesome set from mr white um and today we'll have another good sunday lineup uh, so earlier today, you had some good vibes with Jeb. That, like I said before, that was Mr. White from five to six. Uh, coming up after us from seven to nine, you got OKNY, and then for our late night sesh, we got from nine to eleven, Discoteca del Paris Paraiso with Mahalquita, yo. So definitely, definitely uh, stay tuned for that. We got a good lineup. But yeah, man, let's get into it. Uh, what do we got for today? What do we got for today, dude? I think this week was uh, an interesting one. We had uh, quite some parties virtually, I would say. Oh, my God. Uh, I've been to way too many Zoom parties this week. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was your girlfriend Bianca's birthday this week, and we had one that was 
probably the most litest uh, Zoom party I've had so far. Um, but it was it was great. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird because you know when you have a partner, it's like you always want to do something nice for them. You know, like you want to set up the perfect birthday, whether it's like a dinner or whether it's a party or a vacation or something. And this year we had planned a vacation to Mexico, which we had canceled, obviously. So it put like all this pressure on me and I was like, fuck, like, what are we going to do for her birthday? You know, like we had this awesome idea, this awesome trip planned and now that went out the window. So what's next? So instantly I was like, how can I get everybody together to just celebrate her birthday you know like and the crazy thing is is the day started and it was like you know the, the first thing in the morning happened and then we just went out to buy groceries and to get like uh ice cream and shit like that and it was just depressing it just automatically started off pretty fucking down and then immediately um i started texting everyone i was like yo you guys got to be in the zoom chat the zoom chat's gonna get lit like trust me it's gonna be good like buy booze it's gonna be cool so then i had to like secretly organize like 16 to 18 people in this room to try to like surprise her so then like i, I brought out the laptop we had dinner um and then like secretly brought out the laptop and she just saw all these people and she was just like what the fuck is this oh <laughs> so she really had no idea that's no, she had no idea. Like, I made a little flyer. I passed it around. I was just like, here's the fucking Zoom code. Please try to log in. Please try to get it. Um, and it worked. Like, it actually worked. It was pretty successful. Um, she was super happy. We had all these different types of people. We had a couple artists in there. Um, it was just fun. It was just, and it was organic, you know? Like, people stood and they got drunk till late drinking wine. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, I think the the upside of all this is just again like going back to something we spoke about was just like in person chatting in in any form, whether it's calling or just video chat. Yeah, uh, it seems like everyone is in the mood to do those things now. Like they they we miss each other enough to be able to want to call or even like join these video chats. Uh, which is great. And I feel like, yeah, I had a great time and I'm, I'm glad she had a, a wonderful time. And, and I guess in the, the thick of it is just, I can't believe like this has gone on for so long that now it's impacting, uh, you know, when it hits like certain dates, we're like, wow, no, you know, that was someone's birthday. And it, it, right. it just totally, we, we thought like this would only last for X amount of time. So now it's actually impacting um yeah. plans and etc so well, um, now it's like everyone it's adapting like how do we adapt to that lifestyle now this like digital screen sharing and um like people are having weddings and engagement parties on zoom i saw a whole bunch on my stories so it's getting crazy yeah i know it's crazy how it went from just an enterprise program meeting like you know just people at work are using it to something right. now casually it's just in our in our lifestyle now and i think we just have to have to utilize these great tools yeah it's funny because like when um like i was using facetime at first and then i had jumped onto a uh, house party which is like i i just love the interface of house party and how you could like how they incorporate games in it so it i think like that app i was a big fan of before i even like got into zooms so mm -hmm. 
Um, do you have like a preference over over which ones? Well, yeah, I think again, I think the just the use case for both different apps, and I, I do like House Party a lot. I love like the the funniness about it, like in terms of like you can just join uh, friends of friends uh, house parties that are going on and just see yeah. what what is happening around your social network. Right. Um, which is a I little the different. Crashing, the crashing aspect of it to me is like the <laughs> yeah. best. Yeah, it feels like the literal um, meaning of a house party where just a random person would come and you'd be like, oh, I don't really know you, but you're a friend of a friend. So I really love that they piggybacked off that idea and it really works. Um, I, I feel like I have a house party even more than Zoom. Yeah, so maybe it speaks for itself that I like it a little bit more. Yeah, uh, but I think it's because it's it feels a little bit more casual. You can just jump in for like ten minutes and then ju- and then hop back out um, instead of like Zoom, where you need like a full link or a password or some sort. Which I I do agree, a password um, for just security reasons could be uh, something better than for sure. uh, just jumping in randomly. Is there a limit on the Zoom thing? Do you know? I think I think Zoom, since it's enterprise, it literally has like it allows for however many people i believe but i think after a certain point it definitely compromises the quality because you could you could tell like you're cutting in and out of uh in terms of like just cutting people off by accident um but i think house parties up to eight which i think we haven't got i don't haven't at least tried eight people yet but it still gets really chaotic and i think that's that that's something they're gonna figure out how to uh to change Right, right. Do you feel like this will be like the new norm? Like just just all these like house, like how long do you think we'll be using these platforms for? Like in terms of having social gatherings and parties and engagement parties, like do you think that will tap into next year? Yeah, I actually, I think we were having a side conversation yesterday just about like travel and just having, uh, being engaged in like social uh, places like bars or whatever, restaurants, yeah. et cetera. And I actually think, yeah, it might be two things. Like, I feel like it will be a, a somewhat a bit of in our in our lifestyle moving forward. Like, I think right. it won't be like the normal. I think we still have gatherings. But I think we'll have more like one-on-one ga- or like smaller gatherings where you invite someone over and then we hang out like at someone's apartment versus like, hey, let's go to a bar where we're crowded with, strangers and etc and stuff like that so i think this is teaching us to go a little little bit back to like the old school way of how things were and like how people just invite people over and have dinner parties etc yeah um so i feel like that's kind of still be the case but i think when days we don't go out there's going to be some compromise i would imagine and these tools are still being utilized in that sense um but i don't know what do you think I mean, <clears throat> I just I just think this whole uh, digital revolution during a crisis is like kind of just getting crazy because like even with Instagram, like Instagram Live right now is having this huge breakout, like breakthrough. Um, mm-hmm. It's just creating more platforms for people, you know, which is interesting because like people who sort of question whether or not they deserved a platform you know like i don't really think or whether they would take a platform like that serious they're coming out now and they're using it to communicate with the people that they love maybe not build a fan base or something like that but to sort of just 
communicate with the people they love and on an organic level. So I, I do admire that, you know, I admire that this is happening um, throughout uh, the community. Um, yeah, I think to, to your point, it, it does make like all like celebrities, etc. That, that you don't necessarily talk to one on one, it feels like you're actually engage with like a real person now like because right. when they're going live or you know i guess an artist like musicians is probably the best example yeah. um where there and even djs like uh like uh, the guys and you uh do some facebook i mean instagram lives and stuff right. but yeah it's just cool because you can hear like yeah there's something genuine about um, being able to, whether it's to perform live on Instagram live or just, yeah, field some questions, right. et cetera. So just that engagement, yeah, to, to your point just feels super organic and, and positive in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I feel like, um, like, I don't know if you've been watching them, but, uh, Swiss beats and Timberland, like they came together to start this, like, uh, this, ba- this Instagram live battle. Sort of <laughs> yeah. I heard about happening. that. Yeah. They're amazing. But, you know, I guess to hop on your point, um, what I loved about them is how they sort of humanize these celebrities, you know, because like some celebrities will have like battery issues or like sound issues. And it's like it strips away all of these like notions of how like godly the celeb could be. You yep, know? Yep. So it's like, oh, fuck, I got cut off because, you know, my battery died or my sound system sucks ass. So like you know, and you get to see someone deal with that problem and sort of like humanizes them. So I really like that. I don't, I I think once you start adding like production value to those things, it loses its specialness, you know? Yeah. It almost feels like you're selling something versus like, Hey, I'm just, you know, bored at my place too. Like I just want to get in touch and, and give back whether it's, yeah, like some sort of music or, or even just getting engaged and talking to people um yeah to your point like when it gets overproduced it just gets way too like hey there's some motive behind this besides like just some genuine reach yeah 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 exactly dude i feel like uh the the further and further we get into quarantine you start to see people i guess it gets to people now i'm noticing that now like a lot of people are feeling the the side effects of this it's so true, man. Like, I feel like people are engaging. It's almost the other side of that spectrum of you just talking about Instagram live. I feel like right. people are actually posting even more than they usually should. Um, and it, you can see just by the patterns of their posts, I'm like, wow, they're like really bored at home or um, they're really self-conscious about themselves and they have a lot of time to reflect. Right. So I think that, that like, is some negative part of all this and like if you can't really find things to um inspire you and and motivate you right now it could really really spiral into something worse yeah because i just think like you have to sort of conquer this routine aspect of this whole thing you know like you're confined to a, a routine space now so like it's it's a lot harder to like not get trapped in the same things over and over and over again. You know, you're like, ah, man, I fucking worked out three days in a row. I, I don't want to do it anymore. Or ah, I played guitar for two weeks straight. I don't want to do it anymore. And 
uh, I ate the same cereal because that's all they had in the fucking supermarket. Like, I can't keep doing this anymore. You know, it's really tough. So if, if you guys are feeling that shit out there, like, I'm with you. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's like every day feels the same. So it's hard to distract yourself once you've already done a lot of things like like to label some stuff that you just said is like oh i've worked out i read or i watched this movie you know we're we're so accustomed to distracting ourselves whether it's like going out or let me go to like a museum or or even visit a gallery or even just walk around and absorb what's going on outside yeah we're we're robbed of all those things and now it's insane like how much stuff we're trying to cram in into the small um daily like routines right um, but yeah i think you i think yeah you just gotta kind of find which like what day to do what i don't think you need to cram everything exactly, one exactly. Day. yeah even now it's like i think i can totally get if people get anxiety over all this content too as well like content right now is like a cloud flying over you and you're just like, fuck, man, this person's playing live. This person's teaching me how to cook. This person's doing a tutorial <laughs> on how to play a trumpet. I need Yo, to, seriously. this is too much. I can't even tackle this shit right now. Like, get the fuck away from me. I just want to relax. And then people start to feel bad. And they're like, damn, I didn't do shit today. It's it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah, I think the negative of everything is just like we're consuming so much now, like compared to normal, where like, my attention span is is gone like from you know from the first few days we started doing this i was like doing probably everything i i don't normally do and then now i'm like oh man i i can't really read you know like i don't want to read today because i feel like my brain is just not there and then maybe like tomorrow it's like a good reading day I, i don't know just i felt like i i did too much and i'm slowly slowly trying to spread it out now yeah, that's where I'm at now. I think the first like two weeks, I was like, I got this shit in the bag. This quarantine <laughs> Trying to be nothing. way too productive actually is not productive. Yeah, in some it, ways. Just, <laughs> it just burnt me out. And I was like, you know what? I need to relax. Like, let's let's pull this back a little bit. Like, it's too it, much. It kind of is like when I have like a classic case of like when I start cleaning my apartment, you start like in one section and then you, you kind of get distracted and then you start this other section and then at the end right. of the night you realize i didn't even really finish anything right uh, that's how i feel like most weeks right now i feel like oh I, I read a little bit of this or i watched a little bit of this movie but i never like complete anything because i then i just get distracted or or think like oh man i've been just sitting or, or reading too long right um, yeah so, yeah i have like a couple of uh episodes of like different shows and different seasons just like queuing and pending i'm just like i can't do this anymore like ozark i'm I'm like i started it i was like ah never mind then tiger king i finished it and that 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 other episode came out with joe McHale, and i'm like ah, I'm not, i can't do this right now it's just exactly too much. i i feel like yeah i feel like you would think we would want to consume more stuff now, but it almost feels like I ha- we have less patience for right. whatever reason. It's it like the options are there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's the balance, you know. It's, uh, it's definitely like the word of the week for me. Again, is balance for me. Um, on another note, on some good news, a lot of people yeah. out there got their fucking stimulus checks. Oh yeah, man. I, I'm actually really surprised that it came like so 
like semi quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because like I had people that's like, man, fuck Trump, man. Like he's never gonna give us these checks. And the next day they're like, yo, did you get your check? I got my check, son. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, nah, I didn't get my check. Uh, but that's good. I'm glad you got your check. Yeah, it's crazy because. Um... Yeah, essentially, I guess you just get it directly deposited unless you choose the option prior to that that you haven't direct deposit right. like your taxes. Right. But yeah, like my my parents were just like, um, you know, they're their friends. I could hear them talking during the day, and they they just brought it up. So that's what. And then like uh, our friend circle group uh, started talking about it, and I, and yeah, it's just interesting because. Um, my mom was telling me a story of how her friend uh, was like only works like two days a week and she doesn't uh, make that much money. But right. then she filed for uh, unemployment insurance because uh, yeah. at the time, obviously, those um, those places just aren't open to work. So then my mom uh, was told that like her friend is just getting like a ton of like way more money than she actually makes in general. Um, so I was just very like interested of like how this system works, you know, just like whether you're part-time or full-time, um, it just appears that there's no like real structure or even like scale of like how much someone gets. So right. again, using that example, like someone that doesn't make that much money, um, that only worked like two days a week, she actually is making more money from this um, unemployment insurance now. Um, but, but then like, let's say if you're on that higher scale, I don't know, like, I don't know what the threshold, I think it was like 75,000 or 90 to 90 yeah. something thousand. Sounds yeah. So right. let's, let's say if you're on that higher level of like, um, earnings or whatever, um, using that as just the example, um, you probably just get the same amount of money, which right. as that person. So I, I don't really understand how they're they're sending these people money depending on how much, you know, they made and they already have all that information with the taxes and stuff. So it just really weirds me out because I feel like the people, and, and this is just, I think in America in general, like people that pay paying the most taxes, uh, which is usually like middle, uh, middle, Ameri you know, middle, like class, class like, uh, wages. Yeah. yeah. So it's just strange. I feel like they, uh, they tend to not, be fair uh, to certain people. Did you see that Forbes had re uh, released this article about how um, the like super wealthy are getting like million dollar stimulus checks? Oh wow! I I know I, I had I haven't seen that article, but I knew like a lot of corporations are are getting bailed out. Uh, I don't know if that's the same uh, level of stimulus, but uh, that sucks, man. That's that's really unfair. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I definitely like gotta dive into that article a little more. Um, but when I saw that, it just, it just, I don't know. It started popping up in my Instagram stories, like that article. Like you just saw people sharing it constantly. Um, it was just crazy to see that. Yeah, I, I think it, again, it's just like we're fi we're filing these, this paperwork and all that, and then they just they just rapidly, I guess are just sending out money you know and not really understanding who needs it the most and right. you know like and that's i guess that's what where i'm getting at like if someone's unemployed and had made like seventy thousand, maybe they're living in like a, a different neighborhood 
um, and, and can't really afford their rent right now. I feel like they need a little, you know, the scale needs to tip a little bit differently for sure um, per, per your situation. Um, it, it, it sounds easy. I'm saying it kind of like randomly, but um, I feel like they could come up with some sort of system. For sure. And I know that there's even some initiatives that um, people have been starting where you can donate a percentage of your stimulus check to families in need. So I know that there was one that I had seen. Um, I'll, I'll pull it up, but there was one that I had seen uh, for families in the Bronx where you mm-hmm. can actually like uh, donate. I think it was like 20 percent, 20 to 40 percent of your check to families in need. So I really thought that was cool how like some people are making you know, this situation, this like very weird, because getting a stimulus check is awesome in theory, but it's it's a very like weird concept. Um, and especially coming from the president and how that sort of, uh, his reasoning behind it and just how he's delegating that, I think it's really weird. So to see people sort of try to combat that in a positive way is great because a lot of people are getting them that don't really need them per se. Yep. So that's great to see people doing that. That was gonna be yeah. like my shout out, but I'm I'm that's my shout out now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um it's uh something that America is really gonna be challenged with like moving forward. And I think like um one thing we're gonna get to uh, later on in this podcast is just that like um whether it's like the government or the or these companies, we're really relying on uh, leaders in in our world to really redefine how we live and right. and how we give like these benefits out. Because again, um, and I think this is just like a little bit of a tangent, but just like seeing how other countries operate compared to ours really really changes um, how we do things internally. So like I think one thing you posted. Here and you shared me this article. Um, I think a few weeks ago, but I really it really stuck with me, and it was um, called "Prepare for the Ultimate Gaslighting" by Julio Vincent Gambudo. Yeah, on the Forge blog on Medium. Yeah, I read that. It was it's a really interesting um, article, um, and yeah, it really just touches on like companies trying to sell you. Uh, back to normal tactics and again essentially rewiring like how you how you think about their products and moving forward and 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 what way we can start getting back to normal using their products so yeah i'm just curious like what your thoughts are because i think that kind of fits really well with uh what we were just talking about like it's really going to change how again all the how the government and all these big corporations really uh, run things to um, better the people's lives moving forward. Yeah, I mean, so so Bianca had sent me that article, um, I think it was a week ago, and it really sort of opened my mind to, to not disregard brands during this time. So like, if you, if you take a step back and you see how brands operate, they always, you know, especially big corporate companies, they sort of see what's a problem in society and they try to sort of answer it with their products, right? So that's something that the article touches upon about how, um, like right now, a problem's going to be like, for example, in this coronavirus situation, it's like, will things go back to normal, right? And 
these companies use this moment and this opportunity to be like, listen, things are going to go back to normal. That never happened. We never had this great pause. And in the article, he talks about this great pause as this like one clear time where we can take a step back and look at ourselves with the plainest view. So, and I thought that that was really beautiful because we got to look at this opportunity as something good. You know, not something bad like, oh, man, this fuck, this shit happened. And now let's let's clean it up. Let's make sure it never happens again and let's erase it from our past. And I think like that was the sort of perspective of this um, of this article, you know, is to try to show how companies are going to issue these back to normal tactics. And it's just it's the article sort of takes this approach like, guys, it's going to happen. You can't really do anything about it. But just know it's going to happen. That's the healthiest thing for you is to know it's going to happen. And if you can mentally prepare yourself for when all the brands start to come out and, and and sort of take that marketing approach to you, it'll give you a more like open conscious for it, you know, and, and it'll help you steer across what you need versus what you don't need. Because at the end of the day, I think this whole situation is, you know, like the great pause is giving us this time to step back and to really... Um, sort of come back into the world prepared. And I think that's a powerful thing. And so I definitely think this article was was super inspiring for me and Bianca. Yeah, I think um, just like how I feel about it is that, you know, these companies were just, again, we're just such a capitalism society here in America where we're just constantly wanting to buy things um, and, and really don't care about uh, how they're made essentially at this point uh like how they're made where they're from and just they just want a profit like spin a profit which you know at the end of the day everyone wants to make money but i think that's it's gonna change the way people do business and like one eye-opening thing that i was just so upset about when this all started was that you know when we didn't have enough masks in general we were getting lied to by by our government um you know, like that saying, oh, you don't need to wear a mask. It's only for people that are, are feeling symptoms or being sick that need to wear it so they, they don't cough. Right. Uh, but essentially, we were being lied to because it was like, oh, we're, we're actually, we should wear masks too because it, it's still another barrier that we can add uh, right. that prevents us from getting stuff. But essentially why they said that and spun it that way was like we, we didn't produce enough uh, material. So we didn't have enough masks. Uh, because uh, doctors were actually running out of them. So that's one thing that they wanted to avoid. Uh, so essentially, you know, like 3M, which is like a big corporation. Yeah. They, um, and it's American, uh, originally American company. So um, they brought all their factories, uh, you know, into China. So of course, it's going to take forever for them to produce stuff because it's everything's overseas and they're probably producing for China as well. Right. So, you know, again, going back to it, I think we, it gives an opportunity for a lot of people to reset. And then in this case, not only just us individuals, but these bigger companies can actually like figure out how to reassess their business and maybe bring back some of these things. Um, and again, like make America uh, the way it used to be in, in certain ways and, and have us actually make stuff here still. And, and that's yeah. something we, we've lost and that's what's scary. And I think that's what um, you can see. The medical uh, industry is actually one eye-opening um, example. Was like we don't have enough like supplies at all. 
right. uh, whether it's ventilators, masks, or even beds, etc. Um, again, it's just I think it's going to allow people to do some good, which is uh, sure. strange. <laughs> which is strange to hear because I feel like everyone says they do well. And um, sorry to cut you off, man, but like we were. Like I worked uh, and I worked in advertising too. And like I've worked at a lot of companies that do really cool corporate social responsibility stuff. But I think at the end of the day, this like really bridges from, hey, just doing it as more of a PR thing to now actually, hey, we can make this uh, world a better place if we just, you know, again, scale back a little bit on profits and really just create a more sustainable future. Yeah, I mean, you you start to see these companies make those moves, like some CEOs taking, you know, salary cuts to give it to their workers. Um, You start to see companies like uh, New Balance um, and Under Armour develop masks for medical workers. So there are companies, you know, that are, you know, socially responsible and and trying to do the best thing they can do, which is great. Um, But then you have the other side where... It's just not authentic, and they're just using it as a as a platform during these times, which is really fucked up. But that's going to happen in times like this, anyways. You know, you're gonna you're gonna see that authenticity. It's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I think last note on on this was like I know a lot of companies are putting out responses, whether it's like flooding your emails with with crazy uh, COVID news or even like putting out commercials right now of saying like they're not halting like uh services then you could still visit uh whether it's like a car brand etc um so to your point like they're doing like that is just more like yeah like pr stuff and like i think they need to kind of shift away from that first response and then start preparing like yeah the, the next few steps of like how they're gonna uh be a little bit more social responsible yeah, I'm like trying to find this email because I got an email the other day from someone that was like a COVID update. And I'm like, why are you sending me a COVID update? Yeah, I think that's the weird part. Like, I feel like every PR uh, department in each company needs like a response. But I think some, some, I mean, obviously now that everyone's doing it, you have to do it. It's almost like you're forced into it. But yeah, some like some places that I didn't even know I was still like an email or even a, a user of their service just emails, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> like, this is not cool. <laughs> um, did you have any? I got a question for this week. Did yeah, you yeah. You want me to uh, no, I I, di- I didn't get any great ones that were like weren't already used. Right. Um, so yeah, I think you have one here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my question comes from a good friend of mine, Cordell. He's uh, from North Carolina. Uh, he's actually the gentleman that did the masks that I talked about on our second episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he says, when the pandemic hit hard, I instantly spend around $1,000 redesigning a bedroom in my apartment to fit my home studio. Computers, printers, embroidery machines, tables, chairs, shelves, etc., etc. He asks, did you have to build an in-home studio for your work? How did you go about it? Um, was it expensive or easy and affordable? Um, do you want to take a crack at that one? Yeah, yeah, actually. Um, well, how I guess I can start with you, but I was going to sure, say sure. Cause this, this reminded me of a little bit more of you because you actually have a studio. So it's a little, it's, I guess, a little two parts of this, but um, I, I didn't build a studio yet because I didn't think um, 
to be honest, I didn't think this was going to last for a while. So I didn't really prepare myself in terms of getting a whole setup. Um, but like that, as I was working and even just uh, doing side projects currently, um, the, the, you know, the environment that I'm in now is just not inducive to like, sure. uh, to like productivity. Cause I feel like I'm not sitting in a good chair. Like my, my mom, like I'm pretty tall. So my monitor needs to be like, I'm, I'm kind of like slouching over on my laptop right now and typing right. and I don't really have a mouse on me right now. You know, there's just a lot of things I'm missing that I need like essentially to, uh, feel productive and it's actually taking a toll like i i think it's been um fucking up my back because and you know like just seats in general and offices are yeah uh, has has all like been tested and has like the ergonomics to really fit your your body and make yeah. you not feel that um but i guess to you like i know you have a studio so maybe this is a better question for you yeah um yeah it was really rough for me because like when this whole thing happened um i was i was like you know what i'll privately commute from my house to the studio while while this whole thing is happening and then it got more serious and i was like i can't do this um and then i was i was like you know what i'm gonna bring all my materials from the studio home to make a home studio to like just mimic the setup um and it just didn't work. I had all these materials and, you know, there was no way to transport it. There was no um, Uber XLs. There was no uh, renting cars. None of that was available for me. So I tried to do a makeshift uh, studio in my kitchen, which is like out of all the rooms, I chose the kitchen. Um, but there's a cool table I had. But then I started like working here and I started to sort of hurt my back. Uh, my yeah. seat is fucked up right now which sucks. Um, but I ordered last week a bunch of stuff from Amazon that was like back ordered. So I ordered the exact same setup that I have in my studio, my art studio. Um, it should be coming in this week, but I need it cause it's taking a toll on my body right now. So I can't wait for that shit to come in, but it's like, I had to do it piece by piece, but I'm glad that I'm, but I think the biggest problem about doing a, a home studio was like, questioning how long this would last for and be like is it really worth it to order all the materials again for a home studio when i already have it so that was the biggest challenge but i just said fuck it and, and, and bought duplicates and yeah. it was pretty affordable for me to answer that last question it was yeah um, i was gonna say like it's kind of an investment so even if it's expensive it depends on like if you have space too i feel like that's another uh, thing to keep in mind but yeah I think for you it was like since you had a lot of that equipment already it, it kind of sucks that you had to buy it again but it's it's kind of a uh, trade-off of like do you want to feel pain all, all day yeah and then I started seeing all these articles and shit that's like uh, all these people like all these brands that have workers that can work remotely they're starting to do all these articles of like, show us your in-home studio. And I'm like, what? It is, there's no way these studios look this nice. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I know. I, I feel like unless you have like a shitload of space where you just have like an office, there's no way you can have a nice studio. Exactly. And I, and, and I was like, even prior to this, like before, cause I'm a freelancer, I was looking into like 
uh, standing desk or, or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just like, um, it was just too, ex- too expensive for what, for what I needed. And I didn't think I would use, use it as much, but now I'm kind of regretting that. For sure. I hear that. Do you got any uh, shout outs for this week? Yeah, I have actually two, um, which are um, really cool and interesting um, things people are doing. And I think that's just been the theme of all our shout outs um, right. during this time. Uh, one one was from a company I worked at, uh, RGA, which created this uh, really cool uh, project, Get Merch Aid. Um, oh, so, oh, yeah, I heard of this one. Yeah, this one's cool because it, um, it was nice because they, they work with small businesses like Jin Fong in Chinatown or Court Street Grocers or Astoria Bookstore. Oh. So all these shops that are essentially um, – not working right now or, or even closed to a certain extent. Um, they pair them with uh, an artist where they can design, uh, whether it's these bags or these t-shirts and uh, create like custom merch essentially. And a hundred percent of those proceeds go directly to the businesses and their staff. So I thought that was a really cool project. And if you want to check them out on Instagram, it's at get merch aid. Awesome. Yeah. The Instagram account was dope. Yeah, it's a really cool project, and it just feels like if I was an artist, I would totally want to be working on that um, and like you know prepping some some artwork yeah. with, uh, with like uh, cool businesses that that I really support. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, the pairing is really interesting. And then um, one other uh, shout out that I had was like um, so my barber shop that I normally go to Kita um, on Broom Street in Manhattan. Uh, my friend Shin, he's the owner of it. He actually had to shut down like immediately because um, I guess, you know, obviously the interactions with people, right. um, like touching people, et cetera. Um, so it wasn't a good idea for barbershops. And now, like I was telling all the stories previously of how uh, I've cut my hair and I bought clippers. And I think a lot of people are doing that. As you can see on Amazon, a lot of the stuff is sold out or right. back ordered. Um, but one cool thing was one of his barbers at his shop, uh, his name is Aki. Uh, he has o- actually offered uh, to give out free lessons, which is like, oh, yeah, and tips for cutting hair. So if you hit him up on his Instagram, uh, it's at Taka, T-A-K-A dot Harada, H-A-R-A-D-A. Um, you could talk to him specifically about dates and times and you could set up a one-on-one and he'll run you through some tips and tricks of how to cut your hair. So I thought that was another cool thing during this time, very specific to something that you could That's do. Dope, man. Yeah. And I guess uh, for me, I just want to give a shout out to um, just real quick, uh, my homie Miles, the, the head barber and owner of Tuft NYC, who we spoke about Um I think on our first episode. So um, I definitely want to give that shout out um, to him because I know that he's officially like out of coma. So oh, it's great, pretty dope. Great. And um, I'm just like really, really happy about that. It was, yeah, I found out the news uh, the other day. So um, yeah, it was pretty exciting. And, you know, he's, he's definitely on his way to a speedy recovery. So that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely want to close this one out. Um, coming up next is uh, OKNY from 7 to 9. Um, definitely check that out. And then followed uh, followed by Mahakita. Do you got any last words for the week? 
No, man. I think it's just uh, another another same week of just again trying to find things to do, but don't overwhelm yourself and just make sure um, to keep those same tactics of staying safe and staying inside. And don't don't be like those foolish people in like Florida going out right now during two beaches and stuff. And we can touch on that next week. Um, but yeah, try to stay inside still as much as possible. Dope, man. Well, thanks for tuning in as always. We're Go For Broke Podcast and uh, tune in next week. Cheers, y'all.